Hey, uh, happy Wednesday. Welcome in. This is Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty with Lauren Tate here on the first hour of the program. We're going until 6 o'clock. Centered on a lot of Illini matters, but we expand beyond that as well. You're welcome to weigh in on the program at 217-351-5357. And you can give us a shout on the line at 217-356-9397 if you want to give us a jingle. Coming up. He is committed, he says, to being on the program. That's Jeremy Warner from 247 Sports. You never know these days, though. Sometimes guys get better offers at the last minute. <laughs> you talking about the transfer portal or what? I'm just, I, I'm just saying. You, you know, it's, it's, it's changing every day. This world of guests well, on sports talk shows. That's true. So I need so, a raise. Yeah, but. <laughs> It would be, I don't know, I mean, I would consider it a loss if Jeremy didn't come on, but I don't know, maybe it wouldn't be a loss to you. I don't know what you would say, <laughs> <It> Lauren. <wouldn't be. laughs> uh, next hour, Evan's in, and we'll visit with Illini wrestling coach Mike Poeta. They have a big meet coming up at home on Saturday at the State Farm Center. And off the they look start. like they're really improved. They're back where they used to be. Yeah, They had well, a down year last year, but they are back. Nipped out, nipped Wisconsin with a, with a late pin, and then they... We're tied with uh, Iowa with one match to go, the heavyweight, which they did not win, of course. But nevertheless, uh, Iowa puts an awful lot into their wrestling program. And if you can get down to the last match of the, of the meet with the thing that's toss up, that's pretty good. Zach Braunagel named NCAA and Big Ten Wrestler of the Week for his performances against those two teams in Iowa and Wisconsin. So that is some good news. Illinois softball officially released their schedule today. Their home opener is March 15th. I think it's going to be 72 degrees and sunny on March 15th Certainly at Eckelberger Field. We can count on it. Yep. That's, I've seen a lot of baseball and softball games now at Illinois. I know you have too, and I've never seen it have bad weather. Never. <laughs> never. Never. Uh, it's <laughs> always been warm and mostly sunny. I wonder what you're is that is this you're getting ready your uh, speech for the recruits? Yes, we never have bad weather here. <laughs> exactly, always, always good say, weather. That roof they put on the uh, indoor practice facility extends to over the field, too, <laughs> over the stands. Speaking of mostly sunny, how about Illinois basketball's performance last night in Nebraska? Really uplifting. Uh, just two games away from losing badly at Northwestern, and and uh, really played a lot better, you know, against Wisconsin. I thought, and then that was another step up. Uh, last night because of the – I think everybody's caught on with, with the passing was very obvious. That everybody seemed to be knowing where they were going to throw the ball when they got it rather than looking around after they caught it. I mean, th- th- these passes, if you pass quick enough and if you know where you're going, you can put the defense at a disadvantage. It was kind of hot potato in a good it way really was. while they were handling that. In a really good way. Yeah. Here's my question. I posed it to Evan too, but when – Will we look back on this season and talk about with Sky Clark and without pre and post Sky Clark? I'm not trying to dump on the guy. I'm just saying it looks like a different team. And I don't know if that's coincidence or not. I'm not talking about him and his behavior. I'm talking about the basketball. And I'm not saying it's not a behavior question at all. There's no questions about that. I'm just saying. Well, you wouldn't think one player could make or the absent. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, I think that psychologically, something can happen to a team when one of your players just ups and leaves. I mean, I don't know how that 
might affect everybody, but in this case, it clearly affected them in a positive way. They played better, and they're playing more as a team. Brad Underwood said before the game, two days ago now, that the other freshmen just have more clarity on what's being asked of them. There's only so many minutes to go around, and, and now you know there's not a point guard right now like we had. It's now going to be Sincere Harris. He knows he's starting. And Jaden Epps now knows he's going to be a key guy off the bench. And Ty Rogers is going to be the energy defense Swiss Army knife guy that he was last night. So maybe there's just a, a little bit of freedom for the freshman without Sky Clark there. I'm not saying it's a net necessarily a net positive because we have yet to see how this all plays out. Well, with the addition of the new recruit, uh, Nicolo Moretti, an Italian who's playing in Australia <laughs> and will be here this week for to enroll in school and be a member of the team, um, it would indicate to me that if there was any doubt in your mind whether Sky Clark was going to be back on the team, I would suggest that this probably means that he will not be. He, 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 they, when they announced it, they didn't announce that he was leaving. He just meant that he was taking some – inferred that he was taking time off. Mm -hmm. But it would indicate to me that this is the guy they're going to go forward with as their point of guard. It's our third try at this. We tried with Corbello, and we, now we tried with, with uh, Clark, and now we're going to try with Moretti. So, yeah, Moretti, the Italian, uh, this was kind of surprising, I think, to a lot of people today, this news. His name is Niccolo. Uh, spelled like Piccolo, but with an N at the front, Moretti. And they had looked at him at the NBA Global Academy uh, this year. I I am skeptical that you'll see him play much because there's just not a lot of history or precedent for somebody jumping in midstream like this. Last night, when Illinois had the blowout in hand at the last minute, Zachary Perrin didn't play when Brad Underwood cleared his bench. He brought in some of the other walk-ons, but didn't play Perrin. So I just don't know that this guy is ready to go. I could be wrong. I have no idea, to be honest with you. I'm just saying history would tell you no. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I think Perrin, Perrin or Perrin or however you want to pronounce it is going to play before the season's out. I don't think you would expect a player from France to be here for four years anyway. <laughs> that just isn't the way it is these days. And if Moretti was to show uh, spectacular play in practice, I suppose they would they could play him too. But right now, I I, you know, I don't think they need anything to. I, I think they'll stay with the players that they've got. And of course, Goody will be coming back in, probably in another couple weeks. Yeah, it remains to be seen what kind of role he can take on in the short term when he is cleared to go. Last night, though, I thought the defense was exceptional, especially around the rim. Too. Really good. I've just never seen Danger play so well defensively. That was sensational. Mm -hmm. And, of course, this is one thing that I I don't know why Hoiberg didn't bring back his best player into the game, uh, but with two fouls before it got out of hand at halftime. I mean, I I don't understand. That, first of all, if I'm in his position, I realize that I'm at a tremendous disadvantage if I don't have my best scorer in the game. And I know that you, you bring him back and he could get his third foul, he could get his fourth foul. 
I'd play him anyway until he fouls out. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's why they give you five. The idea of, of putting him on the bench for 15 minutes in the first half gave Illinois a tremendous lift, an advantage that they had in the Wisconsin game because Wisconsin's best player was out of the game the entire game. You know, I took advantage of those two situations. They didn't have to play against Tyler Wall, and uh, the same thing happened at, at uh, last night. And, of course, they were shorthanded with Juwan Gary when he went down. That's right. Uh, on I the mean, hard fall. And two players short in the second half. Yeah, but— I, Well, he, I, he played in— I'm with you, Lauren. I don't think that, uh, you know, given 25 minutes to Tomanaga for Nebraska was the answer to Derek Walker on the bench if— you know, Walker should have more minutes than Tominaga. And, well, and, I mean, you don't. I just repeat, you don't have to sit the guy out for the entire half. And I'm happy that they did. And if I'm happy that they did, that means he did the wrong thing. <laughs> 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 if, if our fans and and I'm sure they were, if we're all happy that he didn't put him back in there, wouldn't it have been smart for the, him to put him back in? I, 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 here's the thing. He he ended the game with two fouls. So you're. You realize that Walker was responsible throughout this season for 49 percent of their offensive production. Forty. That's like half of it. Mm-hmm. And you got a guy sitting on the bench that he could play the rest of the game and not get any fouls and did. Put him back in the game for goodness sakes. The box score says to me. The Dane Danger last night played 16 minutes. Do you believe that? Well. I think he played more. Seemed like it, doesn't it? That's how impactful I thought Dane Danger mm-hmm. has. And I thought he was incredibly impactful against Wisconsin on on the weekend, and he only well, scored two you points. Di- you didn't need him when uh, Mitchell went out. Yeah, that's true. But three blocks for Danger, and he altered more mm-hmm. and grabbed seven rebounds in 16 minutes of play. Just one field goal, made his free throws. How about that? Um, there's just not too much to complain about with last night's sincere Harris. Would love for him to figure out how to finish. Well, he's zero for six, and they're 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 starting not to guard him. Yeah. So he you know, he hurts you offensively. Uh, although he's passing the ball, and and this was a passing game in which he'd get rid of it as fast as he could because. He certainly wasn't going to do anything. I mean, he had an open three-pointer and shot an air ball. R.J. Melendez started the game with an air ball? Yeah. And turned around with a hustle play? Those are all and psychological. This is These guys are good shooters. It's just that there's something going on in their head. And the good news is that uh, Melendez hit one, and then he hit some more. Mm-hmm. Finished four of nine from the field, two of six from beyond the arc. And Ty Rogers may have been the other big – was. Uh, Hang on, Terry Shannon Jr. had a double-double and was phenomenal. So let's oh, yeah. not forget that. Yeah, player of the game without a doubt. But Ty Rogers is maybe honorable mention for player of the game because in his 16 minutes he was so disruptive and grabbed seven boards. He and Dane Danger were, were the game changers. And I thought Matthew Meyer didn't shoot well but didn't get was plenty productive on the floor. He was okay. Yeah, he wasn't. But he's part of the guy. I mean, he the was part of that, the flow. The, part of the guys that were. He was one of the guys that was passing that ball around, and yeah. they got and they set up guy. They wound up getting a lot of good shots. Yep. All right, Jeremy Warner had. Uh, uh, I don't know. A, 
little drew the attention of Brett Bielma on Twitter yesterday after Warner and others noted the decommitment of Avery Jones to go play football at Auburn instead of transferring to Illinois. Would have been a center, it sounds like, for Illinois' offensive lines. We'll talk to Jeremy Warner about that and more with the Illini. He joins us right after this on the Wednesday edition of Sports Talk. Hi, it's Clay from the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Catch us beginning at 11 a.m. tomorrow right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. You've got Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty with Lauren Tate. And we are pleased to be once again joined by our friend from 247 Sports Alana Inquirer, Jeremy Warner, who checks in with us. And Jeremy, I, I appreciated when you committed to coming on to the program, but you never can be too sure these days. So now I'm extra happy that you're actually here and, you know, didn't make a last minute decision to change and go somewhere else. <laughs> Jeremy, do I have you? Because I set that whole joke up. And. Now I can't hear you. Oh, boy. All right, we'll kind of come back to that. That was Jeremy Warder. I thought we had him. Ed, could you check on that for us? I appreciate it. Anyway, uh, Mr. Tate, let's hear a little bit from uh, uh, Brad Underwood last night on uh, what he had to say about uh, Illinois' win over Nebraska. We're getting back to our culture. We're getting back to... You know, we had to fight him for a while. We had to. We, we, we kind of lost our way in that area, and, and we, you know, we, we started listening to everybody on the outside telling about how great we are, and yet that doesn't win. That doesn't win. That's all false. And and I loved our defense. I, I've liked our defense. I thirty-seven percent. Uh, Dane Deja, uh, I mean, a beast against a guy that's 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 really one of the better players in in, in our mm-hmm. league, and Derek Walker, and uh, he couldn't get a shot over him, and. Uh, you know, so you know the the seven blocks and and the activity, and then I thought our ball movement was was really good. And uh, other than a little stretch where where Breedenbach came in and hit a couple threes, mm-hmm. um, you know our goal was to hold them under three threes. They got four, um, you know, and he had a couple late when when mm-hmm. uh, they were trying to make a run. But really pleased tonight on mm-hmm. the defensive side. Some of Brad Underwood's thoughts after Illinois won last night, seventy six to fifty. We'll try it again. Jeremy Warner, are you with us? I appreciated the joke, Scott. I really did. Um, no, no bigger NIL deal came along, so uh, I'm stay stay committed to you. Well, you you should have seen the message boards between the joke and just now. Everyone thought you had jumped ship, so it, it was pretty pretty crazy. I, 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 yeah, I just want I just wanted to make you guys fret a little bit. Apparently, <laughs> mission mission accomplished. Um, well, w- 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 this is the world we're in. Look, you, this is not the first time anybody has seen a significant commitment to a football program, Illinois or anywhere else, uh, changed directions. But this is January, and uh, it sounds like Avery Jones w- was coming to Illinois until all of a sudden he wasn't. Does this Is this new territory for you? Nothing surprises you in recruiting, um, especially nowadays uh, in the NIL age, I think, especially. Uh, but Avery Jones committed to Illinois on December 12th. Uh, he told me he wanted to come to Illinois because he wanted to be developed by Brett Bielma and make it to the NFL. Um, and he was ready to enroll in January, and he's going to be a huge part of this offensive line. Like, Alex Bostrom did a phenomenal job. Um, and I think Illinois probably got even more out of Pilstrom than they thought they would, right? A former walk-on tight end, six-year guy, uh, played really well towards the end of the season, the last nine games or so. So 
but Avery Jones is a more talented player, most likely, and, and like those chances at the NFL. And when I got his commitment, and they were ready to bring him in, from what I heard, he had an apartment lease here on Champaign campus. And then he went and visited Auburn. And uh, you saw the deep commitment yesterday. I, it is a big loss for Illinois. Brett Bielma quote-tweeted me mm-hmm. <laughs> questioning that. But uh, I don't think he would have made a big deal about it unless he did think this was a loss. And I know Brett Bielma for sure is frustrated about this because uh, apparently it's about NIL. And that is the world we live in where, you know, a kid can get offered a lot of money elsewhere. And that's his right if he wants to go there to go there. And he's obviously going to take some arrows on social media or whatever it is, but he's going to make money going to Auburn. He's going to have a chance playing the SEC by going to Auburn. And uh, it stinks for Illinois. And it certainly stinks for Brett Bielma, but that's the age we're in, guys. Whether it's uh, and whether you think it's a good or bad thing probably depends on your perspective. I think for players, it's a really good thing. Uh, I think for Illinois football and, and, and the head football coach today, it, it stinks. But at the same time, I think Illinois basketball has is, is been positively impacted by NIL. I think Illinois football is able to retain some players due to NIL that otherwise might have gone to the draft. So there's a lot of positives and negatives, and I think we're all still sorting through um, how this all goes, but I do think it's it's difficult for coaches to to adjust to, and that's what they're going through right now. Well, first of all, I don't think it was a mischaracterization on your part when you used the word loss, and I suspect Brett Bielma was more frustrated about the uh, change in decision. Sure, I, that... I, I took no offense to it, yeah. and uh, uh, you know I've had conversations with Illinois the last couple of days, and like uh, they're just frustrated about you know how that all went down, and uh, obviously you had a spot ready to go, a spot solidified with who you thought was going to be maybe one of the best centers in the in the country and, and in the Big Ten, and all of a sudden you get the rug pulled out from under you and you don't have any time to, to go find a replacement. Like You've got to probably wait till the summer to find a replacement. Well, you know, in principle, it's no different than what we see in the pros as free agents become available and you start to see stories that so-and-so is talking with this team or that team or they might be close to a deal or whatever, but there's a defined period and you figure it out and this is then where you're going and it's, and it's done. Well, this is a, not done until, again, somebody shows up on campus and and I, it has to create a whole level of stress that almost just seems unnecessary. I have no problem with NIL, at least in, in principle. But this seems like chaos. Well, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a really hectic month, right? Um, you have bowl prep. You have early signing period, which is the signing period. I, I almost want to drop sign early signing period anymore because it's about 90% of prospects sign on that day. Uh, and then you have coaching carousel. Then you have transfer portal. And then you have official visits. Like it is a really tough time for coaches. I know no one's whining for them uh, when you're making millions of dollars, like like some of these coaches are, hundreds of thousands of dollars, like the assistant coaches are. But it is certainly a stressful time, and I'm sure that's uh, part of uh, Brett Beam was venting yesterday in social media. Well, I, uh, one of the things that's, that's kind of gotten to me um, is, is a new uh, release of players that are coming back like we have to announce each one daily i'm disappointed because <laughs> we didn't get one today as I, that i know of but every day it seems like we have a player who has negotiated his deal and has decided to come back and that's about what it amounts to isn't it yeah but um you know in day in pre- previous times warren i think you would have seen julian pearl go pro in mm-hmm. previous times i think you would have seen isaiah adams go pro uh, so I do think that's a positive uh, of NIL. And Illinois has got a new NIL collective that I think is going to be publicly announced uh, here in the coming weeks that 
has been working hard to, to retain players. And, and right. I think you've seen the positives of that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then we'll see the big two ones sitting out there, uh, of course, are Keith Randolph and, and Johnny Newton. I, I think there are positive vibes on, on Keith Randolph um, of coming back. I think it benefit him and uh, for his NFL draft stock to come back for another year, be a little bit more disruptive than he even was as an all-Big Ten defensive lineman. Uh, and then Johnny Newton's got a big decision to make. I, I, I've given my personal opinion. I think Johnny Newton, I don't know if he can improve his stock anymore or play any better than he did this year. He can't get taller. He can't get longer uh, with another year. But uh, certainly uh, could would be one of the best defensive linemen in the Big Ten yet again and one of the best in the country if he came back. And certainly can make some NIL money, but uh, it probably depends on what the NFL is telling him of, of where he'd be drafted, whether that's second or third round or fourth or fifth or sixth round. Uh, but if you get both those guys back or even one of them back, I think you'd feel pretty good about all the guys you're returning on the line of scrimmage. I see we've got uh, about 15 enrollees for the uh, semester here, including Altmeyer, who I assume will have first shot at quarterback. And and uh, who do you see on in that 15-man group as the most likely to make a make a dent in in and play a lot this coming year? Yeah, Brett Bielma has made it really, he's pushed for his freshmen uh, to enroll early, and they have 11 freshmen coming in early. And some of those guys can make an impact, right? You saw uh, Hank Beatty play a little bit this year, not a huge role. Uh, you saw some guys you know, playing special teams. Uh, but a lot of those guys still aren't going to make an impact. Like Caden Fagan's coming in early. Uh, a couple DBs are coming in early. Uh, some offensive linemen, they love to get in early just to, to change their bodies, get them in the strength and conditioning program. But it's the transfers, right? It's Luke Altmaier, quarterback, being your number one quarterback. He is, he's going to be the starter unless things go absolutely wrong uh, during the spring. So I'd get him in just like Tommy DeVito is going to be monstrous for him and Barry Lunny uh, to get him adjusted with the offensive line, to get him ready for the wide receivers. I talked to Isaiah Williams about you know last year with Tommy DeVito. They put in a lot of work, and that paid off this year. Uh, and then a DB, a Juco DB, Caleb Patterson, I think is one to watch because no one's going to fill Devin Witherspoon's shoes completely, uh, but he's going to be counted on to potentially play a starting role. Uh, he's going to compete with Tyler Strain, um, Xavier Scott, some of those other guys coming back, a bunch of freshmen coming in. But Caleb Patterson, six foot two, 185 pounds, has all the physical tools, played at a high Juco level, so he's got some experience going up against high-level talent. Uh, he's a guy that can make an impact. They got a tight end coming in, Tanner Arkin, um, who from Colorado State. They need to fill a spot left by Luke Ford and Michael Marquez. I would expect him to play a role there. Uh, and then Nicario Harper, defensive back, who uh, was former FCS All-American, didn't play at Louisville when he transferred there, um, said didn't work out with him and the staff there. Uh, but Illinois thinks he can kind of play that Sidney Brown role as kind of a hybrid defensive back slash linebacker who can really pack a punch uh, you know, on defense. So those transfers are, are, are the biggest ones. Uh, that can make an immediate impact. We'll, we'll see if we hear of anything about any freshmen coming in, but you know, it's always interesting. Like Xavier Scott and Matthew Bailey were both guys who were added in January and February. We didn't enroll until the summer, and they made some of the biggest impact as freshmen. I, I wonder about that Hayden from East St. Louis. He sure sounds like a good linebacker, and Illinois doesn't isn't overrun by quality linebackers at this point, I don't think, beyond the starters. you see him starting? I mean, playing? You know, Antoine Hayden, JoJo, uh, is his nickname. It's where he goes by. Like, he is a phenomenal athlete. He's very versatile. 
Uh, I don't know if he's a guy who comes in and starts right away for you. You know, Tariq Barnes certainly has one spot. You do lose Isaac Darkangelo, though, and I, I don't know how many fans knew about him coming into the year, but the staff loved him. He led them in tackles. I thought he was really good late in the season, uh, really fast linebacker. So they, they certainly need somebody to step up. I, I think Keneno Deluga can get into that spot. C.J. Hart, we'll see what he does uh, coming up here. But they like Dylan Rosiak. James Kruitz is a guy I really like. So it's a spot for, for Hayden to come in and compete for playing time. But I, I think he's more of a, uh, a specialist role, not just special teams one. I think he could play there. But, you know, Kanena Odaluga got a role kind of as a situational dime pass rusher. I think that's what uh, JoJo Hayden can do. He's certainly uh, a great personality. He was a, a great recruiter for them. But he played great off the edge. He was a really good blitzer, and he's just a big um, – great athlete at that position but i think in a small role and just where he just kind of gears up and is a pass rusher kind of like Odaluga this past year i can see him kind of getting into a field uh, on the field in that kind of uh certain uh package of defense jeremy warner with us want to switch you a moment to shauna green it's always a temptation for <laughs> us in the media to kind of over gush and the, the shiny new thing but i i think all the gushing is a is a bit justified because this is an incredible turnaround for a basketball program. Brad Underwood has done wonders with Illinois basketball getting them back, right? Uh, Brett Bielma has done a great job. Um, you know, back-to-back competent years, <laughs> competitive years for Illinois football. Those are those are phenomenal jobs. Shauna Green is, in my time on the beat, which is much lower, uh, less than, than Lauren, of course, Like it is one of the most impressive coaching jobs I have ever seen uh, in just a one-year turnaround, right? Now you got to continue to recruit at a level. You got to continue to, you know, building your program. But most of the people she recruited are going to be here. These transfers who are making such a huge impact are going to be here for, for multiple years, and then she gets time to recruit. But just the coaching job of not only getting these girls to believe, but putting them in systems that are really good. Getting this team like Brad Underwood went through some growing pains getting this team to play together. Shauna Green seemed to skip those steps. Right, like these, these girls play together so well. It is a fun, entertaining brand of basketball. Um, so it's a job that has looked impossible over the last two decades. Uh, she has made Illinois into an NCAA tournament caliber team, like, and that hasn't happened in 23 years or 20 years, whatever. Yeah, 20 years since Teresa Grants in 2003 took them in. Like, it has been a long time. They haven't been ranked since Bill Self was a first-year coach at Illinois since Terrence Shannon was four months old. I, this is this is going to go down. Like If she can build this into a consistent NCAA tournament team, which we still got to see, right? The, the mm-hmm. Big Ten is really difficult, but they've taken two top five teams down to the wire. They've, they've beaten Iowa and probably the best player in college basketball, Caitlin, Caitlin Clark. Like uh, What she has done in year one, I don't think there's enough adjectives. I don't think we can praise her or gush about her enough. And then uh, the other big celebratory thing this week uh, to gush about is the Bears have won the Super Bowl in two years from now. <laughs> so uh, I guess the only question is it's not the outcome, Jeremy. It's just how they get there. Uh, so what are they going to do with this number one pick? Uh, I haven't had so much fun in a Bears season in a long time, guys. Uh, I don't know what that says about the Bears, but the fact that we feel like we have a quarterback uh, or, or one that is capable of being a pro bowler, of, of being a, a difference maker that can – lead you now he's got to get better as a passer of course but justin fields is looks the part um and the fact that you also get the number one pick in the draft and 
you might not need that quarterback. Like I, I get the the conversation of, oh, do you draft Bryce Young and and trade Justin Fields? I, they're going to keep Justin Fields and they're going to trade the number one pick. And I think it's going to be probably to Indianapolis. Uh, but but shout out to Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know people around there around Champaign might have. Some uh, up and down feelings of Lovey, but I, I was a big fan of him this week uh, for <laughs> for uh, taking out the Texans on his way out the door and getting that win and helping us get the number one pick. But the Texans might have interest in, in trading up that to get back to that number one spot. They're in a great spot of of rebuilding this roster uh, because you have the number one thing you need, which is a quarterback. Uh, you do have a, a young secondary. I think you're excited about, but you have so many other pieces you need. But you have so much flexibility with 120 million cap space, the number one pick. Uh, you can do a lot in, in one off season, and maybe do what the, the Lions have done, what the Jaguars have done, and and turn around the franchise pretty quickly. Well, I've been a Bear fan longer than you two have been alive combined. I think probably I was listening to the Bears when they bombed Pearl Harbor. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean that's a true story. I mean I, I really was. I was listening to the Bear game. They interrupted the Bear game in order to, to announce that the Japanese had just bombed Pearl Harbor. So which is also a true story. So so yeah, which is all. And the thing that bothers me is I've seen so much disappointment, and now we're laying everything on a quarterback who runs the ball. How long can you run the ball? I know. How long can you run the ball in the NFL as a quarterback and survive? That's all I'm asking. It's it's a question. I'm not making any assumptions. I'm just asking a question. Yeah, Warren, it is, it is a legitimate concern about Justin Fields. He cannot run as much as he did this year. But I'm glad I have that concern about a quarterback who is that electric. Mm-hmm. Right? I, um, and if you draft Bryce Barnes and, and trade Justin Fields, you have the same questions about a six-foot, 175 pound quarterback. I love everything about Bryce Young, uh, except for he is six foot, 175 pounds. So you're gonna have the same questions about him if you draft C.J. Stroud. Like, yeah, he's big and strong. Like, he's a big, accurate quarterback, but he's also not as mobile as as Justin Fields. Uh, and, and you'd have the same thing about Will Levis, who has all the physical tools, but you don't know if he's um, as good as everything else, his decision maker, and all those things. So uh, I'm happy to be in that position of of wondering if my great, talented Bears quarterback can stay healthy because that's a heck of a lot better than well, do I have a talented, good quarterback. <laughs> I hope they spend all that $120 million cap space money on an offensive line to protect him. That's what I hope because all I look up, I, every time I looked up this year, they were all over him. <laughs> and a lot of times he escaped and ran 80 yards, but yep. – Nevertheless, you know, I, they're going to have to improve the offensive line and the defensive line. Yeah, they need an entire defensive front, maybe outside of Jack Sanborn, and probably three new offensive linemen. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, they got a lot of work to do, but uh, they got a lot of uh, capital, whether it's draft picks or salary cap, to go get it. Well, Jeremy, I count this segment as a win, not a loss. So uh, appreciate <laughs> appreciate your commitment and your loyalty to coming on. My word means it. All right. We appreciate it, sir. We'll do it again. See you guys. All right. Jeremy Warner, 247 Sports, at jwarner247 on social media. And, uh, yeah, there's – there's it's it, – up in Chicago, it's like around – you know, what's the favorite sport for the fan base? Well, it's basketball. What's the second favorite sport? Basketball recruiting. You know, up in Chicago, it's going to be the Bears. And there's nothing more popular well, – the only thing more popular than a – Bad Bears team is a good one because a bad one means it's all about the draft and the future. That's right. Um, I went to the Bears game 
this year when they beat Houston. And we all came away, all of us in my group came away with the fact that it didn't look like Fields was going to be a good enough passer to be the long-term quarterback. Let me say that that changed as the season went on. But when, when I was there, mm-hmm. there, was, there was a lot of skepticism about how good he was as a passer. And he's, he's certainly shown improvement as the season went along. Well, let me say this. Brett Bielma has a few positions yet to fill on his staff, and he said he was waiting for the end of the NFL season. Okay. Well, I think he's got an outside linebacking coach to f- spot to fill. Lovey Smith needs a job. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Just saying. You're dreaming. <laughs> I know. That would be hilarious. We are back after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. We carry on on Sports Talk. Next hour, we're going to visit with Mike Poeta, the Illinois wrestling coach. They're hosting Purdue on Saturday at the State Farm Center. Um, a small news item to some and big to others, Lauren, I just wanted to make you, you all aware. Today, the NCAA Division I Council approved the measure that reclassifies all volunteer coaches across every sport, which would include notably baseball and softball, as full-time assistants. It'll go into effect on July 1st, so not for this season. But this has been a long battle for the sport of baseball, which has always carried three assistant coaches, but only two of them were paid. The other was considered a volunteer status, but I guarantee you they were not putting in volunteer hours. They were putting in full-time it's plus hours. It's been a hours. battle all the way back through the Lou Henson years. I know yeah. Mark Coombs was, was here at one time. I know that he wasn't being – I think Lou was paying him out of his own salary. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten, uh, the last time they tried to pass this in um, 2019, was not for it, but this time they were. And reading at D1Baseball.com, Kendall Rogers says a big reason why is the threat of liability and lawsuits. And the NCAA and the conferences are much more uh, willing now to see them be paid. Now, I don't think it means every school has to pay those volunteer positions, but I think most no, will. They can, huh? They can, and I think they will. Yeah. according to this article. So and for Illinois baseball, that's Kurt Courtright, who's been here for many years, and he's a great coach, and he's ostensibly not been paid. They have other ways of work, earning money, running clinics and whatnot, but it's a good thing, I think. The other, the other thing is that they're moving the individual tennis championships, the individuals, not the team, to the fall. Really? Yeah. Yeah, men and women. So, uh, when you know, the, the, as I say, this are, these are... Individual, which means you have to qualify in some fashion to, to get in it. And then you know, it's, a, it's every man and every woman for themselves. And last, then, of course, the team championships will be back in the spring when they always are. So last spring, Illinois was the host to mm-hmm. uh, the tennis championships. Right. And they. Uh, yep. And, and so you saw both team and individual championships mm-hmm. going on right here. Yeah. So they, they were together, together. Now they're separate. Yeah, exactly. So that's some of the, the news of the day. And uh, footballscoop.com reports that uh, Pete Rowley, 
the director of football operations for foot for Illinois football is headed to Purdue. Ryan Walters taking him with him. How many ta- people has he taken now? That's at least three or four, isn't it? Well, he's took uh, Kevin Kane and took uh, to be his DC and took uh, uh, Corey Patterson to work on the offensive side. And this is an operations guy. I don't know if he took anybody else. I, I can. That's four when I know of, but I, not counting him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he took himself. <laughs> uh, so it, it's going to be a little weird just because it's so close, not only geographically, but obviously in the division play and what have you. It's going to be a lot of familiarity with each other. Um, and I generally I've seen the Illinois-Purdue rivalry, if you will, in whatever sport, be fairly amicable and, and uh, as opposed to some of the other Iowa or Indiana gets a little more heated when it comes to certain, depending on the sport. But, well, I think it'll still be amicable in that sense because, you know, uh, nobody uh, really blames uh, Walters for doing what anybody else would do if the – if you're an assistant coach and they offer you a head job at Purdue, you're just you're going to take it. That's all there is to that. That's his goal is to yep. be a head coach. Yep. All right, back in a flash on Sports Talk. We'll transition to Hour 2. Hey, Illini family. It's Brad Underwood. We'll see you Friday at the State Farm Center. And catch it here on DWS. And that is the Orange Out game on Friday night, 8 o'clock against Michigan State, which just continues to be Michigan State. They won last night against Wisconsin, and they've continued to have the Badgers number in Madison. Extended a streak of several games now they've won there. You're not supposed to win on the road in the Big Ten, but that's what Michigan State does. Poor Wisconsin just had a bad break in losing their best player, I guess. Walls, their best player. If he isn't their best, he's close. Uh, they're getting good play out of others, but they've lost to Illinois and Michigan State without Wall, and that doesn't mean that they're necess- They're not better. They they probably would have won both games if they had him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Wisconsin game felt closer. I think Illinois. Um, with Derek Walker sitting on the bench for much of it, I still was even if he's in the game, he's there. He's Illinois better, mm-hmm. and Danger shut down Wall, uh, shut down Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but maybe Wisconsin is regressing a little bit to well, where I, people yeah, thought they would be. Of course, Ken Palm has them. Your best player, yeah, Ken Palm has them projected to be ten and ten. Michigan State played Notre Dame without. Um, Malik, Malik Hall, who is arguably one of their, if not their best player, and they were horrible. Notre Dame killed them. We thought, well, Michigan State's not going to be any good. Then they get he and Aiken back, and now they've got a full team, and they're just a lot better now. Mm-hmm. So Michigan State in on Friday night at 8 p.m., and I don't know how to size that one up. We'll be talking about it plenty between the tomorrow and, well, and Friday. Illinois better be ready to, to battle because they're coming in with a nice winning streak and and Michigan State's playing really well, and I think Illinois starting to play well. It looks like a heck of a game. It'll be packed. Friday night, well, that's a high school night. We don't ever get many – we don't get many home games on Friday, do we? Not – not seems weird on a in January, but it's it's here. All right, sir. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right. Evan on his way in for hour number two after the news. Mike Poeta is our guest on the way. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Here's a news update.